Hey guys, it's Rachel. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I really hope you had a great Easter holidays. Today, we're going to be answering four questions that I've gotten on the blog and we're going to go into more depth on them here right now. If you have a question about the Bible, Christianity or anything, feel free to go to fearlessproverbs.tumblr.com forward slash ask and drop a question right there in the ask section and I'll try to reply to it as best as I can or I'll answer it here on the podcast. Just keep in mind that I'm not an expert in this or whatever. I never went to like Bible school or university to learn about any of this. No, these are just answers from somebody who loves the Bible and loves trying to understand it. And there are answers that I have learned and studied over time of just being a Christian. So, all right, with that being said, let's get stuck right into it. Question number one, where is a good place to start reading the Bible? This is a good question because the Bible isn't like any book in the world and it can sometimes be very intimidating to just pick it up and start reading. It's not even technically just one book. It's a whole collection of books written by many different authors in several different languages that can span over 1,500 years. And since the ultimate point of the Bible is the redemption story of Jesus and saving humanity, and any first reading of the Bible should probably start maybe in the Gospels. The Gospels are the accounts of Jesus' life and ministry. And those books, if you don't know what the Gospels are, they are the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I personally like starting in John because it focuses on things that Jesus claimed about himself and who Jesus said he was and what he came to do. And to me, it's just very clear and simple, but also deep and profound at the same time. But you can read any of them and start to familiarise yourself with Jesus' life and ministry. You don't have to start in John. That's just my personal favourite. After that, you can read through some of the epistles, which are the letters that were written by the Apostle Paul. They're books like Ephesians, Philippians, or Galatians, etc. He wrote lots of letters. And they're all books that teach us how to live in a way that honours God. Or if you want to start in the Old Testament, you can start there with Genesis since it's the origin story and it tells about how God created the world and then humanity fell into sin and then it goes into the impact of how falling into sin had on the world. However, if you did want to know more about the history of the Hebrews, the Israelites, then read the book of Joshua straight through to Chronicles. Or for poetry, you can read the Psalms through to the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, as it also is called. They're actually also called the Wisdom Books, and they're very good. And I like how Psalms and Proverbs especially, um, how they are set up, because you get to know more of God's character in these books. Or there's prophetic books like Isaiah straight through to Malachi and then Revelation. Um, They can sometimes be difficult to understand, like I said, because they're prophetic books. But when I read these books in particular, I like reading them with a Bible commentary to help me through it. A great tip for when reading the Bible at any stage is to always pray and just ask God for wisdom and understanding. And I've found that it's a great way of preparing the heart and mind for whatever God wants to reveal to you while you're reading. Just remember, God wants you to be able to understand his book. And no matter where you want to read or how you want to start studying the Bible, I think God will honor your effort and will help you through it. I know I just gave lots of possible areas to start reading the Bible. I just wanted to cover everyone's different interests and different, I guess, goals when they when it comes to reading the Bible, depending on where you want to start. You know, never picked up a Bible before, you want to start reading, then probably get a hold of the main redemptive story of the whole book, which is 
Jesus' life. So I'd probably start in the Gospels. <laughs> Question number two, which Bible translation is the best? Having so many translations can be both good and just plain confusing sometimes. Um, it's great because with all translations, anyone is able to read it. But the problem with that is that there's sometimes just way too many translations that it can create disagreements and problems in Bible studies and teaching situations. And it can sometimes create a very big divide across all Christians. I think it would be good to just have access to maybe two or three Bible translations um, just when you're reading it, just so that you don't become overwhelmed and confused. So there are many different translations. First of all, you have the 20th and 21st century translations, like the King James Version, which is what some people call the original English translation, um, original being that the Bible wasn't actually made in English, it was translated later. And there are several different attempts to update this and improve on it, like the modern English version, English revised version, or new King James version. Some people read this version when they want to get as close to the original text as possible, but in modern English. The English Revised Version was later adapted into the American Standard Version or English Standard Version. The most common and popular one that I grew up with was the New International Version. But there are also Bible translations that are called paraphrase or dynamic translations, which translate the Bible by focusing on the meanings of phrases or whole sentences, while also making it very easy to read. Some people don't really like it because they think it's a far reach from the original text. I personally wouldn't use a paraphrase translation if I'm doing a Bible study. Study, for example, but if you're struggling with understanding the concepts, then this might be a very good one to read f just for fun. Paraphrases include the Living Bible, Good News Translation, Contemporary English Version, God's Word Translation, um, New Living Translation, and the biggest paraphrase of them all, I think, is the Message Bible. <laughs> On the other hand, where the paraphrase translation tries to explain concepts and ideas more, there are also simplified English Bibles, and they seek to simplify the Bible into very easy, everyday English. And these Bibles are often aimed towards non-native speakers of English. These would include New Life Bible, New Century Version, or you can use the message for this also. If you're looking for some of the newer translations of the Bible, these would include the Common English Bible, which came out in 2011, or the Christian Standard Bible, which came out in 2017. I personally like this version a lot, and I like to read it when I'm in my youth group, or just when I'm <laughs> reading the Bible by myself. When I'm doing a personal study, I also try to look at other translations, kind of like the New International Version or anything like that. There's also the Passion Translation, which also came out in 2017. And the Passion Translation has gotten a lot of popularity recently. And it's very easy to see why, because the purpose of this translation is to reintroduce the passion and fire of the Bible, hence why it's called the Passion Bible. <laughs> it's been described as a heart-level translation from the passion of God's heart to the passion of your heart. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think it's really, really good. And this would be another translation that I would probably read if I'm in a youth group. So after all of that being said and how I've described each translation, I hope it gives you some idea on what translation would be best for you. To simplify everything that I've said, if you're doing a personal study, maybe go for the New International Version or the American Standard Version, or if you're just reading it just to understand it, not to like go into a deep depth dive into what does this mean, what do these words mean, etc., then perhaps just go for the Passion Translation or New Century Bible or even the Christian Standard Bible. Question number three, what is the proper way to study the Bible? Now, this is an important question because reading the Bible is 
one thing, but studying it and applying it to your life is a whole other thing. God tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15, to study and handle scripture correctly. And it's hard work, I must say. Just when you think you understand, you realize you just don't. <laughs> and sometimes we, if we just breeze through it or just scan through it, it can sometimes result in very wrong conclusions and misunderstandings. And understanding scripture is very, very important because when we misunderstand it, that's when you see people argue all the time about what this means or what this says. But first, when you study the Bible, like I said earlier, you should definitely pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding, mostly because that's one of his functions. John chapter 16 verse 13 says, the Holy Spirit is coming. He will lead you into all truth. He will not speak his own words. He will speak what he hears. He will tell you of things to come. So just like the Holy Spirit guided the apostles in writing the New Testament, he also helps us in understanding the Bible. The Bible is God's book and we need to ask him what it means. If you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit already inside you and he wants you to understand what he wrote. Second, to study the Bible correctly, you can't just pull out random verses out of anywhere and try to understand what they mean. To understand, you need to know the context. While the Bible comes from God, God used men to write it all down and a lot of people when they hear that, they just go, oh, well, no, I'm not going to read the Bible or study the Bible because it was just written by human beings. But no, these guys had a purpose for writing what they did. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit and they all had a specific issue that they were trying to address. So we need to understand the background of the book that we're reading, like who wrote it, who they were writing to, when was it written and why was it written? It's also important for me to say that we shouldn't come up with our own meanings to words or phrases that we want them to mean. We should just let the text speak for itself. Third, don't try to do it by yourself. It's arrogant to think that we can just rely upon ourselves to discover and understand all the hidden truths in scripture. In Ephesians, it says that in giving of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ has given people spiritual gifts also. And one of these spiritual gifts is teaching. These teachers are given to us from God to help us correctly understand the Bible. It's always wise to study in a small group with other Christians also. It's how we can assist each other in understanding and applying the truth in God's word. So I would highly, highly recommend being a part of a small Bible study group if you want to know more about the Bible. Other than people, like I said earlier, you might need to use a Bible commentary. These commentaries are usually written by people who have spent almost like half or entire lives working on understanding the text and have written it all down for the purpose of assisting others. So definitely take advantage of this. Definitely go out and grab yourself a Bible commentary. To summarize, pray and humbly rely on the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. Study the verses in their natural context and respect the efforts of other Christians who have also tried to properly study the Bible. Don't become tired or weary when trying to study the Bible. Just remember that God is the author of the Bible and he wants us to understand it. For the last question, I just wanted to end on some interesting facts and statistics about the Bible that you might not know of. So let's go. Did you know there are 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. The shortest book in the Bible is 2 John and the longest book in the Bible is the Psalms. There is 1,189 chapters in the Bible, 929 in the Old Testament and 260 in the New Testament. The middle chapter and the shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 117, and the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. There are 31,102 verses in the Bible, 23,145 in the Old Testament, and 7,957 in the New Testament. The shortest verse in the Bible is John 11, verse 35. 
The middle is Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. And the longest verse in the Bible is Esther chapter 8, verse 9. There are a total of 773,692 words in the Bible, 592,439 in the Old Testament, and 181,253 in the New Testament. Okay, I don't know if you're the person that kind of likes statistics and fun facts, but I thought I'd throw that in there just because, because some people are really interested in it. So anyway, I really hope that you now, after this episode, you know way more about the Bible than you did when you first started listening. Uh, Or if not, then, you know, I'm glad that we can have this knowledge together. I really hope this encouraged you in some way and gave you some very good insight. And if there's anything that you would like to ask that can be answered on the podcast, again, please go to fearlessproverbs.tumblr.com forward slash ask. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next Monday. Bye.